For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Good evening. Welcome to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with F.L. Montreal's Josh Miller. Good evening, Josh. Hello, Dan. And welcome back as well. Uh, this evening on the program, we're going to be talking about uh, jewelry and specifically for engagements and wedding rings uh, with the folks from Appoint International, Derek Hui and Kim Chin. They'll be along in a little bit. Uh, but first, uh, sorry, afterwards, we'll talk with uh, Natalie Riviere of Cometa, uh, the, our web marketing guru, on how to decipher your online stats. So that is all on the way. Um, we're but- not talking about taxes, Dan. It's April 29th. Uh, there's lots of people finishing up their tax turns, but we're going to save the show for the entrepreneur. If they if they haven't finished yet, they have until they have until tomorrow night midnight to get things okay. in. Uh, most people file it online; it's pretty easy. They have uh, to do that. If they have a refund, I guess you can kind of delay a little bit. Although the government's getting a little picky with timing. And if you have a business, or you're self-employed, and you have your own business, you technically have till June fifteenth to file. Your taxes are owing April thirtieth, but you technically have till June fifteenth to file. So there will be no penalty for filing by then. I've made that mistake before. Uh, you have to. Pay now, file later. Pay now. It's always like that. That's why they want installments <laughs> during the year. Pay now, support our debt, support our brokenness, and file later. All right, let's get into some entrepreneurial news stories for this week. Uh, the future of fashion is made to order, according to uh, Farfetch. Uh, what is Farfetch? This is, uh, this is a guy that's actually a fashion company that started two weeks after the Lehman, after Lehman Brothers crashed, after mm. that whole financial crisis. So it's actually quite a long article that I read in Fast Company magazine. But the, really the takeaway is coming back to a topic that we've spoken about a lot, and that is consumers and consumerism and, and how much the companies of today are going to, I guess, work with the consumers to such a great degree that it's customizing their solutions. Uh, you know, it's collecting big data, it's collecting individual data, uh, and it's about how companies need to start catering to consumers on a very personalized, one-on-one, in that real true consumer sense. And that's, I mean, it's a, it's a long article, it's many, many pages long, but the one I wanted to focus about, other than the fact that this guy really turned something at from a horrendous time to get into business, again, you know, in the fall of 2008, but eventually, over the years, realized and started being started realizing that custom customization for consumers is absolutely where to go. The other thing I'll add, and the other thing that that came out in this article, and there were many things, but we'll only touch on a couple of them. Another thing that came out, he said, "There's everybody serves a purpose. The big box stores need the little box stores. Why? Because the little box stores are the one innovating. So the big box stores, all these designers and little box stores, often ultimately end up in the big big box stores to to get the trend out but the little box stores need the big box stores because there's volume they you know they do marketing they can show other trends and and what going on what's going on so there's always a purpose for everybody in this lovely ecosystem we call e-commerce and fashion this is from inc.com inside the lab where gatorade is transforming itself into a tech company interesting story but i would i'd also point out that gatorade was really uh at the forefront of nutritional tech for a long time. That's how they started. They, they're they all about hyd- hydrating the body. 
They've been about that forever and a day. You have any sport or any activity, whether you're at a sports complex, a golf course, there's always some type of Gatorade there. Now, technology has to come into play at some point. We were talking about data. We were talking about customizing for consumers just before with, with Farfetch. This is really no different. They are... Uh, they're they're testing the market. They're testing individuals. They're putting sweat patches on athletes to measure the 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 amount of sweat that they do in performing any and every activity or sport that you can imagine. Because what they what they know and what they've always been based on is that everybody needs hydration, but everybody needs hydration to a different level and to a different degree, and everybody sweats differently and has different sized pores or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm sure I'm not being technically correct, so all the doctors out there are, are cringing. Bottom line is, Gatorade is out there trying to customize their product based on individual consumers. And this technology can go anywhere because once you're managing, I mean, we've seen so many, we've heard so many uh, so many entrepreneurs and read so many articles about individualization. Forget the Forget the internet of things. Forget the big data. It's the individual ones capturing that. Uh, I, I think that's uh, that's something that Gatorade absolutely knows is is here now and definitely in the future, and they are jumping all over it. Also from Inc.com, five simple tweaks that can turn your website visitors into paying customers. And these are the, these are kind of common sense, uh, you know. And and Dan, you kind of live this too, living in your on, online world. There's a few of them here. One of them, and you really got to do it. If there's if there's an objection, if your customer has objected to you in some way, shape, or form, don't hide from it. Just come out and deal with it. Don't uh, don't shy away from it. That's no good. One thing here is actually really important. They said, make sure your microcopy is in order. Microcopy. Now they what they term as microcopy is make sure all the buttons on your website work. Make sure your calls to action are are are. Are there and, and obvious. Make sure the, the the message is consistent from from on your landing pages. So the microcopy is is actually pretty important. Uh, and then they of course continue with the call to action. Call to action. If you want a call to action, well, make sure it's visible. Make sure it's easily identifiable. How many times you have a little mini call to action button amongst this huge text and all these images, and it doesn't really stand out. Uh, or what kind of click on this thing, or you should be able to click on what you want to click on. You should, you know, make it a different color, make it bright, make it bigger, uh, you know, have a, a sign me up or schedule a call or, or, or something that's in there. Um, and, and, you know, they, they go into a few other things. And I, I think one of the last point that they have is, is have, be consistent with your brand. If your brand is high quality, don't have crappy pictures or, you know, be consistent. If, if, if somebody's visiting your website, let them have the right visual experience. And take your own pictures. You know, you, it's okay to use stock photos sometimes, but take your own stock photos and illustrate exactly what your business is doing. I encourage that a lot. Too. No question. And, and if you are going to take stock photos, that's okay because not everybody has a budget or time to do that, but just find the right ones. And there's plenty of plenty of open, uh, free websites that you can take from. Unsplash. Uh, many people use Unsplash to get their photos. Just, you know, there, there there's lots of resources out there. Be mindful about it. Finally, from the Financial Post, the subscription box trend and why uh, consumers are loving these these businesses. And, you know, this is a little bit kind of guerrilla marketing-ish. How do you get your your 
your new product out there. Well, con- subscription boxes, there's, there's, they are growing like leaps and bounds. Basically, that is where consumers are trying a whole bunch of new things. I'm going to subscribe to this company that's going to give me new lotions or new makeup and try different, uh, you know, or different varieties of food every now and then. They get a new box uh, every month or every other month. You got one for dog toys. Um, and you can get one for dog toys. I'm sure you haven't done that, Dan. <laughs> I uh, admit it. We've done it. That's okay. And, 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 and it, well, price aside, it gives you a great opportunity to see what's out there in the market. So if you're bringing out a new product, well, maybe you find the right company that's doing these subscription boxes and throw it in there. It's, it's a way to grow. It's a way to get your product out there. And uh, then as people like it and enjoy it, then jump on that bandwagon. All right, today's entrepreneur. Let's get it going with the guys from Appoint International. They are on the way. And Natalie Revere from Cometa Marketing a little later on online marketing and how to make sense of some of those stats that, uh, that you get from, uh, from your online campaigns and how, how you know it's successful. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar and FL Montreal's Josh Miller with you. And this evening, let's welcome our profile, Derek Wee and Kim Chin of Appoint International. Welcome, guys. Hello, hello. You guys doing good? Good, great. Welcome to CJD. Excellent. And you know, First time, first question, and uh, very simple, so the listener understands what you guys do. What is Appoint International? Yes, so Appoint International, um, we are strongly focused uh, on on engagement rings and customized wedding bands, and uh, we are really just trying to revamp the whole diamond industry in Montreal, and we're actually located uh, in Phillips Square. Mm-hmm. So are you retail outfit or 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 wholesale? Yes, uh, we retail. Okay, and you and so you're. It's really more. Do you do all kinds of jewelry, or is it really focusing on certain as certain specifics? Um, we are really focused uh, on customizing uh, like diamond engagement rings and and wedding bands uh, with high end. Excellent. Sure. Now, how long ago did this start? Um, it's about. Um, I've started uh, the business uh, four years ago, and uh, we actually just started uh, in a small showroom on McGill College. Mm -hmm. And um, the reason why I started is that uh, we we actually just started from um, uh, from trade shows when I used to work with my parents, and uh, from then uh, I've learned uh, a lot in diamonds and jewelry. And uh, and then most of my friends around, they are trying, uh, like they knew about what I was doing. And then in, mm-hmm. in the same time, I just started to uh, to customize uh, some jewelry piece for them. So Derek, you, you said you grew up in the family business. What did you see in this area that, that needed to change, that needed to be disrupted? Um, yes, that's a really good question. Um, um, we have uh, some clients before and who actually just came into our office. And then uh, there are some, I mean, she brought like uh, like a diamond ring and she was suspecting that uh, there's some red reflection on a diamond. And from then uh, I took on the diamond and really checked that uh, it might be a treated diamond. Mm-hmm. And then from then um, we actually 
realized that there might be a need um, um, in this market where there's a lack of knowledge in this industry. And uh, usually this industry is, is usually unsaid and reserved. And because, and I've, I've heard this from many people before, you know, how do I know it's a real diamond? How do I know it's the right cut? How do I know I'm not getting sold? So is there is there an aspect of, of education? First of all, there's a knowledge aspect. There's no question. You don't just come into this business and knowing it off the top of your head. Yeah, exactly. So it definitely takes some, some time to gain that knowledge. So let's start with, with the first aspect of gaining the knowledge and and what you kind of see in in your business and how you want to be true to that. And I don't know if it goes back to the family business and how you gain that knowledge or you go to school like 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 how does that work? Um I mean uh you know you can always go do a, do the uh, traditional way where you can go to uh, get a, a certificate at the Gemological Institute of uh, America GIA or you have a uh, school for jewelers in Montreal also. But uh, we kind of like uh, approached the industry in a more like traditional way. We had a, a good resources, strong contacts, and we just made it happen from there. And uh, you know, when you ask the question about, you know, how can someone know about if it's a real diamond, if it's a good, I think the the initial question should be like, who should I go to? Why should I trust this jeweler instead of the other one? I think when you approach it f like this, it's already a good beginning to like, is the diamond good or is it is it not good? And there's a quote from Warren Buffett that says, uh, "If you don't know jewelry, know your, know the jeweler." Mm -hmm. Now, so when you're starting up in this in this business, because you're you started four years ago, jewelry business. There are many jewelers in Montreal. There's, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a long time industry here in Montreal. How do you ensure that you get trusted? How do you ensure that they can walk into your place and say, "Hey, I can trust these guys," even though they're brand new and they're they're new to the Montreal scene. So me and Kim, um, we actually um, just develop a code where we strongly believe that uh, diamonds are like our philosophy in which we focus uh, strongly in um, the transparency. Mm -hmm. And uh, trust is really um, at points, point of view, and also like our vision and our mission just to clarify uh, on those aspects. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, when you speak about trust, we're we're young, but I feel like we're kind of like uh, still old school in a lot of uh, subjects. So, you know, when you, when you meet someone for the first time, after speaking to them for like one or two minutes, you have an idea if you should trust that person or not. And uh, most people, without hesitating, they sit down in front of me and Derek, we chat for a few minutes, and they know they can trust us. So we do not um, emphasize on trying to make people trust us. People, in general terms, they just do. But at some point, they have to believe that the diamond is, for want of a better term, real versus fake. How do you prove that? That's a good question. Um, so we are really uh, focused on GI diamonds, and GI certified diamond is G the GIA mean GIA. Uh, GIA, yeah. So Gemological Institute of America. So it's uh, a third party a non-profit organization that uh, grade those stones it's uh, definitely used uh, worldwide and uh, since they're non-profit you can really trust on this uh, third party and those uh, graders they they specialize uh, on on grading different kind of diamonds and uh, they usually have uh, two three graders to grade the same diamond 
What are the trends now in terms of diamonds? Uh, colored diamonds? Um, what, what, I see your website. You have some kind of like all kinds of different shapes and sizes I didn't know existed. What's what's the latest trend? What's popular these days? Yeah, Dan, you're not just asking for yourself, right? I <laughs> may be, I, well, uh, let's not say that on the air, but oh, maybe we'll ask for future reference. Well, um, round <laughs> round diamond cut uh, is definitely one of the most popular one. Um, is the one where there's 57 cuts. And the reason why it lasts till now, it's because of the brilliance and the scintillation of that diamond. Uh, it's always trendy. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. You see, like, uh, you've seen some new diamond shapes coming in the industry. Like, in the 50s, the princess cut was very popular. In the 70s, the cushion cut came in, which was prettier than the princess cut. Um, but you just notice the round cut, the round one, with 57 cuts, you have one of the most cuts on one diamond makes it the most uh, shiny and sensation most likely is that diamond shape that is really timeless yeah more cuts more shine i guess yeah definitely yeah, definitely gotcha. definitely oh you're becoming an expert dan apparently it <laughs> <laughs> doesn't think about so so that means that because the original question was how do we make sure that the customer knows that it's a real cut so you always have this this certificate, Gia, this, yeah. this, this certificate that comes with right. every single diamond do you do it for every single gem that you purchase uh, yeah, definitely. And uh, the good thing is that uh, it's not us grading the diamond. So sometimes you would find in uh, in other jewelry shops where, you know, th there's no rule saying you cannot grade your own diamond. So tomorrow, if I decide to grade my own diamond, I can grade them and name it the certificate under Kim. And a lot of people do that in Montreal. We won't disclose who, but we're just really uh, confident in the way we provide things because we purchase our diamond with certificate from a non-profit that also offer school programs in the industry. So we're really not biased when it comes to our diamonds. And, and there are some some certificate that we see that are made from their own. Um, it's, I mean, it really looked like a, like a paper card. And in, in the same time, you'll also see the evaluation of the diamond, which is double the price of, uh, so. This is this is absolutely something that's that's a value that you need to keep and, and adhere to. Is this something that that you felt you were raised with? Is this from your family business, from your parents? Is this something that was instilled within you? Yes. So um, my my parents are really like my mentors, and uh, they've also running a wholesale and manufacturer jewel business for over forty years. So um, my mindset really come from them that I need to be. Uh, trustful and also to build like an honest business. Okay, more work there, Kui and Kim Chin uh, from Appoint International on their business. We'll talk a bit of marketing as well, how to market these beautiful products, and later Natalie Riviere of Cometa on uh, getting your web marketing down and uh, and getting to know your online stats. That's all on the way on today's Entrepreneur. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with FL Montreal's Josh Miller, or is it Diamond Dan Delmar? Oh, we're talking Diamond. about <laughs> the triple Gemstones. D, yeah. D cube. Uh, you're worse than my mother, Josh. Uh, but I am in the market. I might be in the market soon. So we're talking with Derek Hui and Kim Chin of Appoint International. They sell uh, diamonds, wedding bands, engagement rings, things of that nature. Uh, coming up, we'll talk a bit more about marketing with Natalie Riviere of Cometa on web marketing and deciphering your online 
online stats. Uh, but guys, let's talk a bit more about um, about the way the way you guys work. And uh, you know, in for my generation, uh, ethical diamonds are very important, right? You know, we want to buy everything ethically. Uh, what's what's your what's your stance on that? And uh, and where you source your diamonds and how we can feel feel good about buying them. Um, yeah, sure. Um, how can we make sure that the diamonds are conflict-free? Um, as we mentioned earlier, uh, most of our diamonds, we always uh, get it from GIA. And, uh, you know, when you purchase a diamond from GIA, it's quite um, legitimate. As in, like, they give you all the information you need. Where is it from? Is it from Canada? Is it from Israel or Switzerland? And uh, with the GIA certificate, you would find... Um, I'm going to take it back. GIA in 2002 invented this uh, process called the Kimberley process, which is a pretty much a merge of uh, um, government identities and a private tool. And they just merged together to create uh, this association to basically get rid of all conflict diamonds in the world. So we have about at least 17 to 18 years of a very clean diamond all around circling. And it's around 99%. Uh, yeah, 99 99.9 diamonds so so when you're when you're buying them you know and you're a new business and there's there's cash flow that has to come into play uh is there such things as credit terms in the diamond world um for diamond suppliers uh, mostly there's no um cash pay in terms um so even if you're buying a half a carat or one carat there's no payment term um cash you, before delivery cash before you get them. yes and even even in in the history with your whole family business and and them turning it, that still had no effect in this industry. This is pretty much how it works. That's correct. So mostly maybe a max two three days, but that's it. And when you're um, from your customer standpoint, obviously they have to pay you before they get they get they get their uh, their their diamonds. But it's not just about diamonds. There's also about the ring. It's also about the design of the ring, right? So you're working with designers as well. Do you design your the own rings or your your customers come in and kind of tell you what they want? How does how does that work? Yes. So um my my family actually owns uh like a a jewelry manufacturer and uh we actually have uh, like a design team inside and in the same thing uh we we have a good quality control. And also to uh, just stick on the design that we want. And in the same time, um, we have some other suppliers um, and or some partners in Montreal that uh, we do a lot of 3D uh, molding and uh, and then we print the wax out and also just to create a fully custom piece for our clients. So that's kind of so your customers can kind of see or feel in advance what it might really look like. Yeah, definitely. They they see the ring in a wax mold before uh, we start the production. If we do a custom printing. Yeah. Do you now? Now let's kind of switch to to your roles for a second. You guys are seeming like two different characters. Do you guys have the same role? Are you really doing two different things? How is your working relationship? Do you step on each other's toes a lot? Do you all the time? <laughs> <laughs> um. So we have. I mean, me and Kim, we have a lot of in common where. Um, for the past year, we really focus on our state of mind, um, and we have a book sharing every month, and uh, we go to gym together, and that really um, changed our routine um, in for for our personal growth, and that really helps us um, to to stay in the team team spirit. 
And when you're running the business, is there one of you that deals more with customers? Is one of you deals more with the suppliers? Uh, one more with marketing? Or do you both really do everything together? Well, um, Derek would deal with a lot of uh, supplies from Hong Kong because uh, I unfortunately don't speak uh, Cantonese or Mandarin. Um, I would deal a lot with uh, supplies from Montreal. And when it comes to customers, we pretty much um, serve the customer together at the same time. Some people might like him more than me and other people, you know. <laughs> so now let's talk a little bit marketing. Uh, you know, four years ago, nobody knew you existed. So what did you do for marketing? How did you get the word out? How do people know that uh, A-Point International existed? So we really started uh, just by word of mouth. Um, we did a launch party uh, on on Hyatt Hotel, and we invited really just... Um, like a lean startup where we just invite our close friends and uh, from from that we we really got our first uh, like the appointments for any customization for rings yeah and honestly when it comes to marketing uh, we tried a lot of things we tried you know facebook ads google ads but did again, they work you know i mean the the payment worked if <laughs> they took the, the payment, ROI, I'm not sure how well it worked, but as we just took it the old traditional way, you know. Sometimes me and Derek, we we're very involved in our community. I'm always make sure to always always assist to the um, quarterly uh, session by the Cambodian community. We assist to the YCPA, Young Chinese Professional Association. Always show our face, and we notice that the old method works very well. Again, we might be young, but we're a little bit old traditional. Sometimes you need to sit down with a person, have a supper have a good conversation, and then you might have a client. Now, from a marketing standpoint, you see, you look at your competition, your competition probably has a whole wide variety of gemstones and designs and gold. Uh, do you guys stick to what you do, like specifically? Have you ever looked and said, you know what, maybe we need to expand our product line? Uh, what do you think of that from a marketing aspect, from a, a product development aspect? What have, what have you thought? So for now, we're really focused uh, on, on certified diamonds and uh, we are really focused on the kind of like the necessity of the jewelry industry where, where uh, most couple will still get uh, the engagement and wedding bands. And uh, in another hand, um, we really f um, less focus on some, some big designs. Uh, back, like back in the days, like from, from eight, 10 years ago, we were really focused on all the designs and uh, some other gold color and and some other gemstones. So you're so you're you're not going to expand that product. You're you're going to stay true to what you know. Um, that's correct. Yeah, like uh, you know, we work a lot. Like like he said, with engagement ring and wedding bands. A lot of people come ask us, "Are you going to do a, per se?" Uh, uh, no studs are you going to do um, those piercing on the belly and stuff like that which we don't really do and um, I think right now we don't see uh, the the interest yet on going into those market we're really just trying to stick to what we know is best pretty much everything related to love yeah and our one main mission is really to help people to make the best uh, financial decisions yes. uh, and yes. then really to bridge those uh, knowledge gaps that people um, that they don't know. Uh. Yeah, exactly. You know, we just feel like there's a lot of uh, misinformation between the people and the jewelers, and hopefully we're going to be the new young guys from the new generation that is going to bridge the gap between both. 
I don't know, Dan. I think a belly ring says screams love to me. <laughs> you look good on you. Uh, thankfully, we'll never know. <laughs> screams infatuation. <laughs> Derek and Kim from Appoint International. Guys, you're going to stick around. We're going to have your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur on the way. And coming up next, we're going to talk to Natalie from Cometa on web marketing and how to make sense of your online stats. That is on the way. advice with a personal touch consult fl fuller landau chartered professional accountants and business advisors click on flmontreal.com welcome back inspiring stories from outstanding business people today's entrepreneur dan delmar and fl montreal's josh miller with you and uh derek and kim are here from appoint international their one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur is on the way but first we welcome back our marketing correspondent natalie riviere of cometa welcome back natalie thanks dan and we're talking about deciphering your online stats uh we come from a very different perspective on this so you, you really dig in i try to zoom out but uh first josh should we, should we say what, what kind of stats are available for the average business owner who's maybe running a wordpress site or something like that what how deep can they get without sort of buying a giant uh, a giant plan well in terms of actually buying plans there's not many unfortunately like the aggregators that are available are extremely expensive and they're not necessarily even all inclusive in terms of what's meaningful to measure um, and every single thing online has data behind it and so if you consider the inbound marketing spectrum that touches on a brand strategy, a brand's reputation and a brand's relationship you can get Google Analytics for free from websites Every social media has their own analytics and also determines how much they reveal. Uh, your email marketing tool actually has the best analytics in terms of bringing you closest to a sale or CRM, which is a customer relationship management. And so getting to really see who literally is interested and, and going further with that relationship. Uh, and then, of course, search engines uh, read data. And there's a bunch of SEO readers out there, graders that you could check your website on. So let's let's delve a little bit into that email marketing and those stats, you know, that you can probably you can see who opened it, how long they like, what are the, what are the, some of the things that that entrepreneurs should look for so that they can really go out and try and highlight or target their next sale? So I'd say the first thing to consider in all data is quality, because not all of it is, first of all, necessarily even a real person. So you want to filter out and determine what fake is news, fake people, exactly bounce traffic. Um, and it's not just a bounce rate. You might have heard of that. That used to be a pretty solid metric to look at, at least for websites. But now with mobile usage, people are <laughs> bouncing right and left. Um, so you want to think of the time someone spends. You want to think of how much they consume. So in a newsletter, it might be how many clicks. Um, in a website, it would be how many pages. And so uh, all these indicators that determine that if this is a real person. And then you can go into the behavior and the interests of the person. Should I be insulted that most people on my on my list are not reading my newsletter or is that average? <laughs> well, the best practices in email marketing are to really, really target. And so, you know, everyone thinks of that newsletter as like a very general thing for maybe a big brand that doesn't really work. It depends on if you are sending really customized messages, because at the end of the day, email is the way we communicate as professionals. So what you want to do is at least separate by language, but then you can get into the different interests. And so if you have a range of services, um, for example, like podcasting versus PR, you might really want to drive down into that and communicate really high value 
very customized content so that people know to open this as if it's a personal email. It's coming from someone that they know and they care about and they'll take the time. Gotcha. Dan, Dan when you change your moniker to Diamond Dan Del, <laughs> that, that for sure is going to create a lot of, <laughs> lot of love. Uh, Natalie, when you're, you're talking uh, about time spent on a page like are there averages does it is it like you know if somebody spends 20 seconds or a minute and 20 seconds or five minutes like what's what's real what's understandable because for the people that the entrepreneurs that have no clue what's going on if they say and somebody spent you know if 20 or 30 seconds on a page uh, they might say oh it's really not that good but sometimes it's actually not that bad considering the movement and mobility and all that right I'd say averages in terms of time spent, like something good and healthy is between one and two minutes, three minutes even would be nice and long. Uh, same thing with pages, one to two pages is normal. When you get into the three, four, you're offering good content. Things under one minute would, would raise the flag. Um, but again, if it's depending, if it's like, let's say one blog post that someone's consuming on mobile, they got there from a social lead, they're not going anywhere else on the website, then... It's typical more and more for what we're seeing, but you can also isolate the traffic coming from mobile. So you can really get the perspective of the user. Now, part of the stats include, and I, you know, I'm, I'm slowly learning this as, as we go through all our own marketing, but the difference between likes and impressions and clicks, and I, I'm not even going to say them all right, but can you can maybe determine or decipher what what is kind of important or maybe less important? What maybe entrepreneurs should kind of focus on versus with not? pleasure. Um, so you'd want to measure the reach or impressions, and generally, like that's like you know, Facebook calls it reach, and Twitter will call it impressions. They all have their own terms, but that metric can give you a clue as to what you're investing or getting out of your investment compared to what you would have to spend for radio listens, for example, or like views on a print ad or at a bus station for a billboard. Um, so that will orient you in terms of your budget, but they all make up these numbers. So it's really not where you want to focus. Engagement is um, literally the engagement happening on those posts. So things like likes, comments, shares, that's important for the super users of these channels. The really like super fans will get involved, but there's so many more people online on the social media channels that aren't engaging and interacting like that and you can see that through your link clicks and that's really where we want to focus because a link click represents a conversion around a post so someone is not just consuming it on social media but you want them to click and convert to the tool that you own so ideally your website which is where they could ideally give you their email and start a relationship with you that's a good point because you know you just you see some of the language Facebook is using these days like impressions or views and it's not really precise. Someone actually making an effort to click on your website, that's that's a metric you can use. Exactly. And thanks to the metrics of your website data, once you see them come from Facebook and so the sources of traffic is extremely important to look at. Uh, the quality of those sources also can be broken down, but that Facebook click you can then follow onto your website and see their behavior from there. That Facebook user, what is their interest once they got there? What was their path? What time did they spend? And ideally, did they convert all the way into a lead? And you determine what that lead is. Um, but at the minimum, you want their email address because, first of all, your database is worth something. And that's how you build and keep relationships. So there, there are ways to drill down and get some of this information. A hundred percent. However, it's just like a puzzle because they all come from different tools. 
Uh, it's not rocket science, but it's time. And that's, uh, we know, very valuable for entrepreneurs. No question. Thank you so much, Natalie. I know there's, there's so much more we can drill into. And if we were visual, we could even show people. But uh, great, great information, great knowledge and challenges that entrepreneurs face every day. Thanks very much, Natalie. Thank you. And as we approach the last moment of our show, as we do each week, we'll turn to Derek Hui of Appoint International and ask you, Derek, what would be your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur? I think at the end of the day is that the entrepreneurship is a joyful uh, journey and not a destination. And uh, just to really enjoy the ups and downs and uh, just be grateful of people that uh, you've come across that really help you in your business. And uh, one last thing is that uh, I strongly believe in in the performance and performance is really uh, the success because um, it's really the number of action that you take. And the more action you take, then you'll be approaching to, uh, to your goal. Excellent. Thanks very much, Derek. Thanks very much, guys. Derek Wee and Kim Chin of Appoint International and Natalie Rivera of Cometa on web marketing, as usual. Thank you all. And uh, next week, Josh, back next Monday night at 7, uh, we're going to talk about honey. Honey, miel, MTL. Sounds fun. All right. Don't forget, todaysentrepreneur.org. You can listen to a decade worth of inspiring entrepreneur profiles there. And we'll see you back here next week. Good night.